0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at day 16, scripture number 16. Are you excited? Day 16, scripture number 16. You've got to be excited. 30 scriptures and 30 days we've arrived at day 16, scripture number 16, and hopefully this will be a beneficial study a beneficial discussion, but to really get you motivated, you need some, some, I don't know, motivating music. You need something epic, right? Are are you ready? Are you ready for our epic theme? Here we go to get you motivated. Here we go. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Theology Central Podcast. It is Tuesday, June the 28th, 2022. It is currently 1222 p.m. Central Time. And, well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this will be beneficial. Now, this is another episode in our 30 Scriptures in 30 Days podcast series Hopefully, you found something in this series so far to be beneficial and to be helpful. I can say this. Yesterday's uh, broadcast, well, not necessarily the live broadcast, but yesterday's episode and our 30 scriptures in 30 days, um, are, that episode turned out to be the most successful one in the entire series. So that, it's been really interesting. The, the series started off and it wasn't much wasn't generating much interest wasn't generating much downloads and just slowly the numbers have started to build now i don't know what what that means i don't know if just who knows sometimes trying to analyze the numbers and the statistics for a podcast is it can be maddening you're just like wait why so why were the numbers down here wait the numbers were why was the number so high that day wait what well, that episode was garbage wait that episode and sometimes if you'll you'll try to figure it out you'll lose your mind i don't know why all of a sudden yesterday people were like oh Here's this series on thirty scriptures in thirty days. This looks interesting. We'll all listen to it today, and we'll start with we'll start with number uh, we'll start with uh, day fifteen and scripture number fifteen. We'll start there. We'll we'll skip day one through fourteen, but day fifteen that's the one you really need to hear. I do, what happened? I don't know because in many cases all I have is in many cases all I have to look at are statistics on a iPad screen and I'm like, okay, I don't know how I interpret that. And then I have to think, I don't, not only do I not know how to interpret that, what do I do with that? I don't know how to interpret it. I don't know how to apply it. Oh, wait, does that sound familiar? (laughs) Because most of these scriptures we're looking at, I'm like, I don't know how to interpret that. And I don't know how to apply that. (laughs) So in some ways it's the exact same thing, especially with this series, but for everyone who may be brand new, Welcome. A long time ago, Charles Stanley wrote a book called 30 Life Principles. That book became a Bible, the Life Principles Bible. It became a study guide. It became so many different things. And I stumbled across that book so many years ago. And ever since, I've like, I don't understand. I don't understand. You've got these principles. I really want to think these principles are cool. I really want to I, w- I want to meditate on these principles. But the problem is the scriptures you say these principles came from, I don't see how they're connected in any way, shape, or form. It seems to me that you came up with the principles and you're trying to impose them on the scripture, which is not how things are to be done. We're to go to the scriptures and then see what principles arise from a correct understanding of that scripture. And it's been really crazy. And another thing, just so that you know if you're new, I'm trying to do this in the most like, no prep, no study beforehand. I'm just opening up the book, going to the next day, and whatever happens in that live broadcast is what happens. There's no editing to fix anything. So in some cases, you hear me stumbling, trying to come trying to figure out what to do. You you hear me trying to write down the principle, but I'm doing that because I want you sitting there going, "No, no, 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 no." No, no no. You're thinking about it the wrong way. No, no, no. No, no. no. That's, this is the principle. No. How are you interpreting it? What are you doing? Well, I, I really want you, I'm trying to get you engaged in it because that's what I try to do with every episode. I don't like passive listeners. I like active participants. Yeah, that, that's really what I want. So I want you participating. Yeah. I know you're like, that's ah, so much work. I got other things to do. I just want to listen to you talk for maybe five minutes, and then I get irritated and want to turn it off. Don't tell me I've got to do more. Yeah, you, 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 I need I need you to participate. So, are you ready? Day sixteen. Scripture number sixteen, or should I say, scripture number sixteen? Day sixteen. Who cares? We know what it is. It's 16, all right? We got a lot. We're, we're gonna make it to 30. I am I am not going to give up. I am not going to give up. We are going to finish this, all right? All right, so, someone just said, uh, uh, they're, they're not here. They've already stopped listening. So they made it six minutes and they're like, they're, they're no, they're just, they're kidding. But all right, here we go. Are you ready? Oh, I'm worried about this one. I'm worried about it. And can someone please tell me, can someone please ask Charles Stanley, why in your 30 Life Principles book, Every scripture comes from the Old Testament. Why? Why? It's just really interesting why. I, I don't know. But here we go. Well, before I give you the scripture, before I give you the scripture, here is the principle, all right? Life principle number 16, as written by Charles Stanley. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will, eventually turns to ashes. Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. Now, I don't know exactly... (laughs) Again, I try not to get caught up in these principles, but these principles have just driven me crazy for so many years of my Christian life, because I, we, we could have hours of conversation about each one. Cause I would sit there and have to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I know that I'm not, this is why Christianity has always been a struggle with me. Cause I don't care what I hear in church or in Christian. I'm the one who was always raising my hand, go wait, What about, wait that, wait, what about this? Wait, what about this? And they just stop asking questions. But uh, I, mean, I always had a question. You, someone says something, and everybody's like, "Amen," and I'm like, uh, "Excuse me, excuse me. Um, wait, if that is true, then why is it? Well, wait. If we if we say that, well, what about?" Well, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And if that's true, then why doesn't this happen? And wait, 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 I, I, I don't understand. And I'm like, you just need to believe. You just need to have faith. You question everything. I'm sorry, I question everything. 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 I've tried to teach the people in my church that. Question everything. But I i have questions here. Do you? When, when you hear that, does any questions come to your mind? Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ashes. Now, okay, so what, what do we mean by that, right? Because if I if I acquire, okay, let's say the house that I'm currently living in, right? this The house that I'm currently broadcasting from right here in Abilene, Texas, two stories above the street below me, right? This, the, I got the window right behind me. Did I acquire this house? Outside of God's will? I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it was a part of God's will, right? I mean, because now we get to God's sovereignty, his eternal decrees, his divine providence, that all things work together according to his good purpose and will. So, yeah, so like physical ashes, I I agree. If it eventually turns to ashes, well, guess what? This house will eventually turn to ashes. Uh, This house will eventually crumble and fall apart. This house will not last. So don't, do we acquire anything in this physical world according to God's will? It will all burn. The whole thing's going to burn up. Then there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So what do you mean? Whatever I acquire outside of God's will will eventually turn to ash. I don't know, like physical ash? Are you saying metaphorically? If I acquire something not physical, if I acquire something not physical outside of God's will, then it will metaphorically turn into non-physical ash. Like, I don't know what this means. On, on one hand, it sounds good, right? Because it's saying, hey, what you need to focus on is what you, is what God wills, because anything else you, uh, you focus on is not going to last. Okay. I think maybe we could find a different way to state that, maybe a more biblical way. I uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No. 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 But you know how many people in Sunday school or in small groups were like, "Ooh, that's good. Let me write that down. Ooh, that's good. Now let me hop on social media and post that." And I would be, I'm, I'm always the one would be, you know, on, under your social media post going, "What are you talking about?" And people, are like, "You, you nitpick everything. What's your issue? My issue is it does it's nonsensical." Whatever you acquire outside of God's will eventually turns to ash. Isn't everything going to turn to ash? Right? Isn't everything going, in a sense, to be be burnt up and destroyed? I mean, do you have a husband? Do you have a wife? Did you acquire them outside of God's will? Was it God's will? Are they not going to die? Are they, I, mean, I mean unless Christ comes back but I'm assuming lots of people got married within God's will right in other words the marriage didn't violate any scripture and therefore like like well, it I don't understand but let's set it so once again we're gonna set aside the principle we're going to set aside the principle now I'm, I'm already I can already hear it I got people going you you just don't get it you you just you you just don't get it oh if you if you get it then please explain it to me all right but here we go. We're going to set aside the principle. We're going to look at the scripture. Are you ready? I always get nervous at this part. I always get so nervous at this part because I don't know what's getting ready to happen. I don't know if I'm going to open it up and it's going to be like some name that I'm going to be like uh, a a. It's going to be like, it's going to be some name. I don't know what's getting ready. I never know what's getting ready to happen. I get so nervous at this, at this part. And I always say, just read the verse first. I could, but it would, it takes away the fun that I want this to be. I want this to be more just like on the spot. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, which Bible do I grab here? I'm going to grab the one right next to me. I'm going to grab the one next to me. All right here we go. Ezekiel chapter 25. Ezekiel chapter 25, verse 6. Ezekiel 25, verse 6. Ezekiel 25, verse 6. Ezekiel chapter 25, verse 6. For this is what the Lord God says, because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced over the land of Israel with wholeheartedly with wholeheartedly, wholehearted contempt. Verse 7, therefore, I'm about to stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and eliminate you from the countries, I will destroy you, and you will know that I am the Lord. Okay. Oh, boy. What do we do here? What do we do here? Uh, See, in, in some ways, I just want you to know. I just want you to know. As much as this makes me nervous, in one sense, I love this. On the other hand, it scares me to death. This was my favorite part of the first Bible Institute I ever attended was showing up there on a Saturday. They'd have a little like bowl with pieces of paper in it. And you just dip your hand, you know, reach into the bowl, pull out a piece of paper and it would have scripture on it. And you had to go somewhere, somewhere in the building for, I think, two hours or an hour, whatever they gave you. And you had to write a sermon and you had to come back and be ready to preach it. And it was just I love that on the spot. But at least I had time. And I didn't have a microphone, you know, right in my face. So I've, I've got to read this. And then right now I've got to go, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do with it. Which is, so in other words, what I have to do is try to talk while I'm trying to process what to do. But all right, here we go. If I did this live, then I could look at my church because it's it's an easy trick when you're doing this with, with, in, a, in a live audience. It's, it's easy to do, right? You're like, okay, guys, Ezekiel 25, 6 through 7. All right. What do you think? What's the first thing that jumps out in your mind? And I just start asking kind of open-ended question, getting them all looking, trying to figure it out. And while they're trying to figure it out, I'm sitting there going, oh boy, what do I do? What do I do? And I at least have a couple of minutes. So you see what I'm doing? I'm I'm doing the, here, I've got to keep talking. Let's read it again. Wow, I just, these things are just so ripped out of, just, just grab a verse. It's just so, at times, maddening. All right, here we go. Ezekiel 25, 6-7. We may not be able to do a lot with this one. Here we go. For this is what the Lord God says, because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced with the land of Israel with wholehearted contempt. Therefore, I'm about to stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the people and eliminate you from the countries. I will destroy you, and you will know that I am the Lord. So clearly, this is God saying, all right, to some nation you you were so happy you were so you were so excited for what you did to Israel you're thought this is wonderful yeah we got Israel we did it and then god is like i just want you to know <laughs> well i'm about to destroy you I'm about to open up the I'm, I'm about to create a situation where you're going to be plundered, you're going to be destroyed for what you did to Israel. You rejoiced in what you did. Now basically the same is going to happen to you. You're about to, you're about to reap what you have sown. You're about to to uh experience my judgment for what you have done to Israel. So it is is the is this life principle book trying to say, oh, they got Israel. They got Israel outside of God's will, and then it eventually turned to ash, but did they get Israel outside of God's will, or wasn't it God's will to use these nations to come against Israel, right, To as an instrument of chastisement, and then after they acted upon Israel, then God judged them for their ungodly acts, but wasn't, God didn't God allow it, didn't God decree it, wasn't it a part of God's providence, I... I I mean, uh, how you connect this to this principle, I, I have no idea. Here, uh, just a little bit of background, all right? And I'm using the Life principle study guide. The one thing, at least in the study guide, they at least try to, at times, give you some kind of background so you at least understand what's going on. For hundreds of years, the Ammonites conspired to run the people of God out of the promised land. Judges 3, 10 through 12, 2 Samuel 10, uh, 1 Chronicles 19 through 20, 1 Chronicles 27, 5, Psalm 83, 3 through 8. So when God rebuked Judah for its sin, he simply took his hand of protection off of his people and allowed the Ammonites to attack. Still, God is just. He faithfully judged Ammon for its sinfulness. And that's all they have to say. Okay, well then if God took his protective hand off and let the Ammonites in, would not that a part of God's will? Didn't he allow it? And if he allowed it, then how are you using this that if you acquire something outside of God's will, it will turn to ash? Well, what turned, did Israel turn to ash? Hey, we acquired Israel outside of God's will and Israel burned up. And it, that doesn't seem to make sense. This is, we acquired Israel outside of God's will and we were judged for it. That, that like, but then can you say, was it outside of God's will? This raises millions of issues about God's sovereignty, his eternal decrees, his providence, that he works all things according to his good pleasure and will. This, re- this raises so many theological questions. Let- let- I don't know if this is going to help. Let's do this. Let's just go to Ezekiel 25. Let's go back to verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, face the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, An- Hear the word of the Lord, God. So so at least we know the Ammonites are the ones that are involved here that God has got a prophecy against. All right. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Because you said, aha, about my sanctuary when it was desecrated, about the uh, about the land of Israel, when it was laid waste, and about the house of Judah, when they went into exile. Therefore, I'm about to give you up to the people of the east as a possession. They will set up their encampments and pitch their tents among you. They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will make Rabah a pasture for camels, and Ammon a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord." I don't know. What in the world? What? How to? Do, what? Does anyone have any ideas of what we do with this? Do, do we do we take a principle from it? Do we take a principle fr- from it for uh, verse six? For this is what the Lord God says: because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced over the land of Israel. With wholehearted contempt, therefore, I am about to stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and eliminate you from the countries. I will destroy you, and you will know that I am the Lord. Is there is there a is there a principle? If you were to write a principle for these for Ezekiel twenty five six through seven, what would you write out? A principle. It has to be based off this text. For now, forget. Forget the principle Charles Stanley wrote because I don't even understand that principle and light of God's sovereignty and so many other issues there. But just Ezekiel twenty five six through seven. Even if you want to go Ezekiel twenty five one through seven, what principle would you what principle would you find here? Is it? I'll throw something out. I'll throw something out here. Me, me, I'm gonna read, hang on, I'm gonna read it from a different Bible because I wanna make sure. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna read this from uh, the King James, verse six and seven. For thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast clapped thine hands and stamped with the feet and rejoiced in heart with all thy, with with all, rejoiced in heart with all thy dis, despite against the land of Israel. That's written very weird in the King James. Okay, so you, in other words, you have this great despite towards Israel and you've basically rejoiced and been excited with everything inside of you against the land of Israel. Behold, therefore, I will stretch out my hand upon thee and will deliver thee for a spoil to the heathen. I will cut thee off from the people and I will cause thee to perish out of the countries. I will destroy thee and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Is it possible There's a principle here that, in when God judges and when God chastises us, it demonstrates that He is the Lord. That. Do, is it possible that God's judgment and chastisement demonstrates he is the sovereign Lord? I, I'm going to, I'm going to write it out like that. Uh, maybe, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work, alright I'm going to write this one down, but I'm going to, I'm going to do so with a question mark in my mind, but okay, this will be a principle. Okay, I, I messed up on the last live broadcast, I called something number 29 when it's actually number 30. Okay. I don't know why I did that. I have to check all of my numbers in my notebook to make sure I've got them all right. Yeah. We went 27, 28, 29, and then I put 29 again. I don't know why. Okay. So that would be 30. So this would be number 31. This would be 31 or number one for today. All right. I'm going to say that there's a principle here that In, or I'm saying, when God when God judges or chastises, he declares himself to be the sovereign God. That's what I'm going to write down. Whenever God judges or chastises, he declares himself to be the sovereign God because that's what happens here. I'm going I'm I'm to judge the Ammonites here. So he's going to judge the Anima, Anamites. And he says, look, I'm going to destroy you and you're going to know that I am the Lord. And the Lord there is ca- all caps. So let's do this. I'm going to go to the Blue Letter Bible app really quick. I know you already know what the word, Hebrew word is. But I like doing this because I like you involved in the process. So we'll pretend like you have no clue. We'll go to Ezekiel. Okay, I'm going to go to chapter 25. I'm going to go to verse 7. Right? I'm going to open up the interlinear. Right? And we know that you are the Lord. And you know what word it is, right? It's this word. Strong's H3068. Yehovah. Yehovah. Jehovah Jehovah Now, remember you get into this whole thing Jehovah Yahweh Jehovah but it's Jehovah all right and then it, it which means the existing one uh the proper name of the one true god um self-existence or eternal um it's the Jewish national name of god Yehovah, Jehovah Jehovah uh, the Lord all right now the idea he's the existing one he's the eternal one he's self existing self eternal and this demonstrates because he's self existing nothing no, he doesn't require anyone he's above everything he's eternal in a sense it it's not it doesn't it completely express sovereignty but it expresses his greatness over everything so i'm just, which would be connected with sovereignty, so i'm going to go that in this passage, what we see here is him judging the Ammonites demonstrates his sovereignty over the entire situation. So I'm going to argue that anytime we see now you can you can go through and tell me if you believe this to be true throughout the entire Bible that whenever God judges, so when he brings judgment or when he chastises, when he brings judgment upon those or he's chastising say believers or chastising his people, in this he always declares himself to be the sovereign God. He's he's declaring and demonstrating his sovereignty. When you have the ability to bring judgment, when you have the ability to bring chastisement, when you have that ability, you're clearly demonstrating to everyone and you're demonstrating to the one that's receiving judgment. You're sovereign. You're greater than them. You're in charge. You have authority. When God brings chastisement into your life, he's saying, look, no, I'm in charge. Not, not you when he brings judgment I'm I'm God you're not and every uh, and and uh, I, that's that's what I'm gonna go with that's what I'm gonna go with I'm just I'm just gonna stop right there I don't know what else to do with this this is just a bizarre one that they have they have here so the the, the passage today is Ezekiel 25 6 through7. And uh, I'm going to go with the fact that whenever God judges or whenever he chastises, he declares himself to be, well, the Lord, sovereign, God, the eternal, the self-existing one, that he's in charge of everything. And that's what he did here with the Ammonites. You can tell me what you think by emailing me at newsif at yahoo.com. I told you some of these are going to be like, what do we do? At least you can think about it. I I think that, and now you could get in there and we could possibly bring out, he's demonstrating his promise and covenant keeping promises to Israel, right? We we could talk about maybe that. But I I think the focus on that passage is, I'm going to destroy you and, and I'm going to demonstrate to you. And you're going to know that I am the Lord capital L-O-R-D, Yehovah. I am the Lord. I'm the self-existent eternal one. I am greater than you, sovereign over you, more powerful than you. And every time there's judgment or I I experience chastisement in my life, it shows God is greater than me. And there's one that determines right and wrong and he will judge. All right, you can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I think the more I tried to talk it out, the just the more it would become repetitive. So I'm just going to leave it there and then you can tell me what you think. All right. That concludes our look at today's verse and uh hopefully it was beneficial. All right, thanks for listening and uh well, I'm not going to end with an epic I'm not going to end with the epic music. I'm not because this I uh, this one feels like it was a letdown. This one feels like ah uh, did did we really do enough with this one? So we're not we'll just go we'll just end it. I'm just going to end it. Thanks for listening listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless.